sell my Girl Scout cookies here by the lake, mister? Oh, uh, oh, um, why, of course, young maiden. I'm quite the businessman myself, and there are plenty of people here just out for a stroll who I'm sure would love some cookies. Allow me to show you the ropes. Thanks. We, we just approached this man over here and... <coughs> Excuse me, sir, yes, you look like quite the astrologian. Pray, tell me, do the stars pretend delicious cookies in your future? Alas, I would partake in thine gift of sugar. However, I must confess I am adhering to a needfully regimented meal plan that I might maintain my physique. Thus I must decline. <laughs> Certainly, we can, uh, we can see your physique clearly through your form-fitting yet flowy black robe. Perhaps it would make a good gift for a loved one. I must away. Oh, but just one more. Oh, he's floating across the lake now. Okay, um, well then, uh, g- good day to you, ma'am. You look like you could do with a sweet treat in your mouth. I beg your pardon? Keep my mouth out of your mouth, pervert. Oh, I- I'm so sorry, I didn't mean... Okay, she's, um, she's also floating across the lake now. Hello, sir, and happy Halloween to you. I love your vampire costume. Would you be interested in some cookies from... No, fuck off can't be sidetracked with your cheap sex biscuits. Well, I don't think that was necessary in front of the child, and he's floating across the lake. Mister, you're bad at this. You said you're a businessman? What business do you have? (laughs) Well, young lady, let me tell you about the truth beam. The truth beam uses a projector to modify a scene of interest cryptographically. Deep learning and AI are used to search for anomalies in alleged recordings of these... Never mind, I'm good! On this episode, we speak with a nice ghost lady, snoop on Charlie and government secrets, and save the elephants from their terrible flesh prisons. Welcome to Storm Buds! Buds, storm of buds, and we're going to tell you about how we saved the world. Hi everyone! Welcome to Storm Buds! This is your Final Fantasy XIV recap podcast of your dreams, yada yada, on a mission, all sorts of taglines. Tagline here. We'll figure it out. We're 40 episodes in. This is episode 40 of Storm Buds, and I am your host of light, Jerome Barbatsis. And joining me is my co-host of light, Alexander Hambrock. Say hello. And Walker. And Walker. It and is, Walker. We are, we're not, we're almost, we're about to walk. And Walker. Towards, towards, oh, keep saying it. We have arrived. <laughs> we're here. It's the end. It has end in the title. It does. There are, uh, we are starting with End Walker. We are doing the first chapter of End Walker today. We are here. Uh, it's been a couple years in the making. Yeah, it has. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> We're going to be covering the kind of initial split of uh, Labyrinthos and Thavnir in that first chapter of Endwalker. But before we get on to that, we got to get distracted. We got to get distracted. What have you been up to with your side quests? My side quest for this episode? Yeah. Uh, my side quest is e-bikes. Have you heard of e-bikes? No. The bikes that have motors on them. Okay. They're great. <laughs> Oh, okay. We were, we were up in we were up in Minnesota for a wedding. Yeah. Uh, you may have heard of it. Mm-hmm. And um, we went up a couple days early, actually, because we wanted to get some time away and like relax a little bit and stuff like that. I used to live in Minneapolis, great city for biking. Got wonderful bike paths and bridges and bikeways everywhere. It was like with my lo- lovely girlfriend. I was like, we should rent some bikes and go for a ride. Okay. But the only bikes that were available for rental were the e-bikes that were kind of powered. Like they have like the, you put, you start pedaling and they give you like a, like a force assist in order to make it so much easier to ride. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit. Transformative experience. <laughs> okay. Transformative. E-bikes, e-bikes are incredible. 
I want I want all transportation to be via e-bikes from now on. It was the <laughs> okay. I, that bold words, bold it, words about e-bikes. I, it, it worked. Spe- it worked in particular because Minneapolis does have the whole greenway system, which mm, is literally like bike right of way um, across the entire city, and so it made it very easy to use biking as a mode of transportation. Right, but also like. We rode 15 miles in like three hours, just like we just getting on and off, stopping in at cool stuff along the way, ending up at the lakes down to the southwest at the very end of the night. And it was so incredibly easy to just get around with these bikes that made it effortless to climb hills and like go at like 10 miles an hour down like, you know, down down the trail and just... I don't know. I'm really high on e-bikes right now. I think e-bikes are incredible. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. Uh, I am too lazy to get on any vehicle. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be. That's the thing. E-bikes are different. Okay. Well, maybe you'll catch me on an e-bike uh, n- next year. I don't maybe know. Maybe I'll get you an e-bike for Christmas. Please don't. <laughs> Please. That would be way too much. Uh, as for myself, boy, I've done a lot of stuff, and I posted about most of it in our Discord. You can check the link to join the discussion there in our description, uh, in, our li- in the link pop in our description. But what I have not mentioned on our Discord, what I've saved for the episode, is this game called Backpack Battles Demo. <laughs> I've never heard of this. What is this? Backpack Battles is an auto-battler that is um, similar to something like Storybook Brawl, but instead of recruiting minions, you are shopping and you are trying to fill your backpack and buy additional backpack space and manage your inventory such that the items in your backpack are optimally um, aligned and then that, you're, that will eventually help your character deal damage. It is basically a gamified Diablo 2 or Resident Evil 4 inventory management system. <laughs> in which you compete with your inventory with other inventories and um depending on how many other inventories you beat you increase your ranking games have gotten weird (laughs) also i just want to say does everyone else remember like three years ago when we all thought auto battlers were going to be the next big thing like like um battle royales or oh maybe and then like for like eight months they were and then now no one plays auto battlers anymore I do. I mean, I guess you do. <laughs> go ahead, except go for hell. you do. Except you play the backpack one. <laughs> I played the play the backpack one, and it's and it's back the the backinest packinest game of all. Can you pull up a screenshot? What does this look like? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let me just pause the recording while we do this. Okay, we've we've watched the clip. You had thoughts on you had thoughts on backpack battlers. Well, I did. One, it looks quite fun. Um, I mean, two, I, it's interesting. It's got kind of like a good like. 2008 flash game kind of vibe mm. like in a, like in a way that kind of like bypasses sort of the mobile game look and is a bit almost like a bit of a throwback to its weird cartoonish art style i don't know kind of yeah hard to, hard to put my finger on but it, it looks fun it looks like what i about i expected also yes. uh you lost all of our audio and we spent five minutes shut trying to up recover it. <laughs> shut, fuck up but we're back now. Save the clips. I, I found it we're here we're gonna get started we uh have we tried to be concise with our notes and failed miserably because Endwalker be Endwalker in. Um, but we're going to get started. The shit is dense. It is dense. Like a neutron star. Um, we are starting with the quest, the next ship to sail. So spoilers for Endwalker from here on out. <laughs> in case that wasn't clear. After a brief recap of the end of things from the last episode, we get word from Kryle that arrangements to visit Charlie and are 
uh, underway under the guise as associates of students of Baldessian. So we make way for uh, Limsa Lominsa to catch the boat, and things will be should be hunky dory. Yeah, and so basically we're we're on a we're going to head to a boat. We're going to get on a boat. We're going to head to Charlene. Uh, Thancred takes his time to sort of, you know, wax about the parallels of Louis Soir's journey here when he first arrived on a boat mm. and now how his protégés and his own grandchildren are kind of making their way back home. There's, um, you know, some, some good casual chatter and storytelling between the Scions, just good relationship building stuff. Nothing in particular that we noted down. But um, with all that said and done, we are finally on our way to Charlene. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. do want to say at this point, I have never really grasped like what Charlene is or how it works <laughs> or fully what the relationship of all I get now that they're called the science of the seventh dawn because they're all scions because they have that tattoo which is what also Those are ties archons in, they're not scions but they're called the oh god so archons get the tattoo for their doing their postgrad their, their yeah. postdoc but the scions are just a splinter they're a rogue splinter faction Right, because we can't say that we are the science going back, which is why we're going yeah. under. Okay, you know, I don't understand anything. Um, <laughs> whatever. Okay. Science are not allowed in Charlene because of um, Alphanos and Alsay's dad is being a jerk. So mm-hmm. we are the students of Baldesian instead, a guise that I'm certain will last the entire time that we're there. Yeah, um, we get some nice narration from a voice. A voice. Uh, we, we both... It, it took me longer than I'd like to admit to recognize it was Emmett Selk, but it is. It is, it is Emmett Selk's voice. Will be interesting. Maybe he's just sort of watching over us, kind of like how Arbert kind of watched over us. But Arbert's soul was there, and Emmett Selk's soul is definitely not. So, God, if we if we get Ghost Emmett Selk as much as we got Ghost Arbert in Shadowbringers, I would be very <laughs> happy with that. <laughs> Aboard the ship, we have trouble sleeping because we start to hear, feel, and think. Uh oh, I hate it when I hear, feel, and think. The vibes on this boat are spooky. Ooh, they're very scary. So just like Hamlet, we uh, we make our way out and we find a ghostly lady in white on the ramparts of the ship. Mm, creepy. She identifies herself as Heidelin. And we she confirms the story to us thus far that we knew about. So everything we learned on the first, yep, that's true. And Zodiac is a problem. And there's one... Okay, we're not going to go line by line, but one thing in particular that she call, says here is interesting. She says... Even bereft of my guidance, you and your companions have accepted the burden of the star's troubled past. A conjunction has begun to form, an intertwining of your time and mine. So, I don't know what that means, other than it sounds like we're getting some cyclical time stuff. Hmm. Sounds like maybe the past and the present are going to begin to bleed into each other. Oh, no. Maybe history is actually not as far away as we thought. Oh, wow. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's not. She also implies the stakes are far higher than we even know so far, which given that the stakes thus far appear to be all life on the planet and possibly all life in all 13 shards, uh, I'm not sure how much higher they could get, but Mm. I, I guess we'll find out. We uh, yeah, that's quite scary. That's quite a scary portention she offers. Uh, and oh, and she alludes to a promise she made long ago that she will keep when the time is right. Oh, pinning all these things because I'm sure they'll come up later. I'm sure they will. The dawn breaks. She disappears, and we get a good look at old Charlian and all of its polygons. And the title card, title card plays. Woo! This is. 
This is going to happen to us multiple times during the section <laughs> where we get to a new area. It's totally foggy. And, and, and it's just, and it's the fog weather. And so it, it honestly, I'm sorry. It looks like, it looks like a village from Morrowind. Like it really, <laughs> it really does. I'm just like, oh, oh I great, think we're in I, Balmora. I, I, I think it's really pretty here, but like everything is kind of gray and drab and has, the thing has any texture. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is the big, this is the big town. This is what we're all getting hyped for. It, it's very pretty actually. When the weather clears up, it's very, it's a lovely place. But mm-hmm. my first impression, I was just like, oh, this is drab. When we get there, Ishtola advises us to lie to the port authorities. I can't say that word. Port authorities. So we do that in an unnecessarily lengthy customs cutscene. Wow. Um, the curt young lady at the desk with her ultimate fuck-ass Bob <laughs> chides the children for having bis- been disowned because she recognizes She's them so immediately. Mean. She's she's like you, lady. She's like, uh, your dad said that you're awful kids and no one wants to see you around anymore. That's cool. And hey, you tall, silver-haired dude, what do you do? What's your job? And he completely freezes up. Uh, the music cuts out. It's very funny. Uh, and this scene establishes basically, you know, that the Charlians are ju- judgmental, bureaucratic jerks. Uh, Kral comes in to, to save the day, as she usually does, by the way. That's nice. And that concludes the quest. The next ship to sail, we move on to Old Charlian, new to you. The group splits up to reconvene later at the Annex. Everyone just goes and, I don't know, gets a coffee or something. The first quest of the Endwalker quest mechanic, guidance, escortion. Is that a word? Escort? 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 It's the act of escorting. Yes, yes. The act of, to, to engage in escorting is to be an excursionist. Excursionist. No, um. <laughs> we take a nice tour of the city as we uh, have Kryle and Graha follow us around. I actually think this mechanic is super cool. It's really cool. Like it's like I wish this was like the entire game up until this point. I know <laughs> it's a little disappointing that it's not, but we get it now. Uh, we we notably like we point out the last stand. We get a cute little dockside cafe, and apparently, literally, the only good restaurant in Charlian. That's annoying. Uh, that sounds like great. The lines are going to be massive. After the tour, we meet up at the Baldessian Annex, a uh, cute little, I don't know, square building, where a cute little homage to Lena's theme from Final Fantasy V plays. That's nice. And we meet the receptionist Ojika Tsunjika, cousin to shit, notable shitbird Ejinka, who was a dickbag to us if slash when we did the Eureka slash Isle of Al content, which we did not. But this dude is much nicer in comparison. Yeah, I wouldn't know any of that. Uh, maybe after Endwalker, you can go back and do it. It's once you do it, you'll realize why we didn't do an episode. <laughs> I, I do want. I do wonder wandering around here how the Charlian economy works. Like, it's not clear to me. Like, do they just do magic for a living? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, do they have crops? Like, I just, I'm curious about how this whole society operates. Before long, we reconvene uh, in the Annex Hall with all the Scions, and the journey now splits into two paths. We will investigate Charlian and their weird recalcitrance. That's a word I learned from Kryle. Um, and journeying, we could also journey out to Thavnir to learn about their strategy for resisting the Tower's temperance. So Kryle's a contact there, and she says, hey, they've made some progress. You should go check that out. Um, we also get a line here from Graha that uh that you that you wrote down he says Forshino's refusal in gridania had similar undertones or the same undertones it was as if having stared unblinking into the face of impending doom he simply turned away to pursue something more important uh which i guess sort of threads in with what heidelin was saying earlier about (laughs) 
Yes. And and also, like, mm-hmm. a pretty major part of the Charlene's plan is going to become apparent pretty quick here, I think. Or, like, indic- pointed at? Ma- yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you, looked yeah. at, you looked at me in a way that made me think that maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But... I was just looking at you because you're over there. <laughs> anyway, I am just hoping... I, I'm still very much in the I hope there is more going on than just Fandaniel wants to blow up the planet. That's like what I have to say to everyone at the bar. <laughs> And they're like, hey, I saw you looking at me. I was like, yeah, I was just looking at you because you're over there. I wasn't interested. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't get it. Um, yeah, we vote to investigate uh, Charlian first, um, which I think, retro- looking back, was the better vote pacing-wise. Um, so we let's get into it. Hitting the books slash a seat at the last stand. These two are relatively short we can clump them together yeah we just uh we are headed to the library to find books relevant to the investigation at hand charlene apparently has a um like uh, a library that goes like 20 stories underground it's Mm. a big old pillar of books and uh people like me like us are only allowed in the first floor so we get to look at all the kitty tomes yeah while the others are able to get deeper in yeah none of the tomes up top mentioned anything about the Charlian secret plans or government or the final day specifically, because of course they didn't. And uh, after our fail- initial failure, we reconvene outside the library. Some of us make it out early, including Graha and Alice. And they, Graha tells us about Corvos, his original homeland under Garlian rule, which is in Ilsebard, and it's a temperate climate, perfect for farming and livestock and stuff. And it's an interesting thing to bring up at this time. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kryle and Alfino show up and we're a bit stumped. Uh, we described the final days to Kryle, who was not the only one on, on the, was the only one not on the first, excuse me. And uh, she makes the connection between creation, magic, and summoning that we all did. And that every catastrophe was preceded by a weird noise from the land itself. We, we share that with her. Um, and the Tulafroi, do the Tulafroi mean to bring back the noise, right? We're kind of speculating on what the fuck they're even trying to do. Yeah, also, interesting question, like, is the noise the cause of things? I would mm-hmm. assume a noise is caused by things, but yeah. if the goal is to bring back the noise, does the noise make things happen? Yeah, is this all some sort of catalyst for some something that is naturally occurring, or is it uh, even, or is it just like a separate final days that's just a metaphor? Like, is this is is he just like using it as an image, or is he just going to bring about a random apocalypse? It's fun to speculate, but uh, we don't really know much more until we fully investigate the forum, the what the forum is up to. After we speculate for a bit, Yostola trots in and uh, reminds us that obviously any fucking apocryphal apocalyptic texts would be in the forbidden sections, y'all. <laughs> like, um, so it's going to take a while for us to uh, look get through in all there. the books, or like she's like she's employing us as research assistants, I think. But she's yeah. like, we take a break for coffee. We do. Um, Alice follows us around and we try and get people to talk to us about what's going on. Nobody will talk to us. Um, they shoo us all away. They're curt and rude, except for Alice's old barista friend who dresses, dresses us up like a waiter so we can gather gossip. You get a nice little outfit from this quest. And we go around and we give people all the wrong food. Uh, nobody here seems to be taking this seriously, except for the one person who mentioned something about the museum archivists who have been frantically trying to transport large collections to something called labyrinthos for safety um also alice and i have a moment on the side on the canal after getting a, a snack she's really upset you know with her dad obviously and she sweetly thinks that if she could just meet his accusations with a civil response things might not have turned out so dire 
But I don't. I don't think so. I'll I don't say, think I'm so sorry. either. I think this is kind of just. I think there's. I think this is sort of how things were meant to be. Um, as we talk under the stars, though, a procession of gleaners in boats with a huge shipment of stuff, just stuff, all sorts of stuff, crates, crates and barrels full go, of crystals, go into the harbors, uh, and they go into a cave underneath the city. The gleaners end up working for the forum, Alize deduces, and if they're going nuts for something, then maybe we can figure out what the forum is going nuts for. There's a really neat shot here also where it's nighttime mm-hmm. and like we're, you're like seeing the canal and like the boat is like making its way towards this sort of like this underground sort of like structure with this light shining out of it. Mm-hmm. And it just it, it implies this sort of like this undercity or the sort of like it, it's very... I don't know it. It feels like they're transporting valuables to the underworld, basically. Yeah, uh, and that brings us into the following group of quests: a labyrinthine descent and a glorified rat catcher. So obviously, we're going to go ahead underground and find out what they're doing. Um, we're surprisingly granted access pretty easily from the chambers at the top of the city, because um, it's basically just supposedly, you know, uh, supposedly a museum which is open to the public. It's an old. Um, so this is like a big dome sky box museum that's hollowed out from inside a magma chamber from the dormant volcano on the island yeah it's a full-on biodome it's like it's a, yeah. it's, it's an enclosed environment they have like an artificial sun they've got a big fake sky up up above yeah. they've got crops they've got plants they've got wildlife it, it, it is like it is a sustainable environment it seems like yeah uh it's like a whole so but like why is this here <laughs> this seems like an elaborate museum right um, we're going to ask around, and Kryle appears to be hearing voices and getting headaches ever since she stepped into this place, which is concerning. We love Kryle. Apparently, there's some sort of large-scale project going on, and everything brought in is just sent elsewhere deeper into the center, where things are a little more secret. So we ask around, and mm-hmm. we help find some marmots for some big friends with a guy who's helping... Um... Mm-hmm. He's, we, he's, he's Sorry, helping... can, I take, can I take that again? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So um, we, we're asking around. We make friends with a guy who's looking for marmots by helping him catch some marmots. Uh, his name is Aaronville. He's a very skinny, dark-haired bunny boy, um, the, first of, the first bunny boy in this playthrough. Uh, he says the form has tasked him with rounding up marmots because they're, quote-unquote, suitable for consumption and easy to breed, end quote. Hmm. At which point I started to think, hmm, what could the Charlians be up to? Why might they be transporting large amounts of crops and easily breedable edible animals Two down to kind. their dome <laughs> that is a fully contained environment where lots of people could survive for a long period of time if conditions outside took a turn for the adverse? I wonder what's happening here. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you want? Do you have any guesses? Um, I think they want to start a zoo for children's want... education. That'd be really, really cool. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else this could possibly be. <laughs> At this point, the day music starts. Oh we came down at night. <laughs> we did let we did for a blessing enter in a labyrinth house at night, which is it just as all night music is a beautiful pa- piano rendition of the day theme. But the day theme. Oh man, if you've not heard it, <laughs> you you had an immediate ah oh, shit reaction, and I was like, oh, what's wrong? What's oh wrong? man, this oh, is God, a- no, and it just goes. <laughs> oh God, stop, stop it. It's this really, really just, I mean, it's synthetic for a reason. I get the connection, but it is also unpleasant. It's not, it's not good. Is the until, thing. The, the, until the violin part comes in and then that's really fun. I'm like, not oh, this sure, is nice. Opening 45 seconds though, kind of rough. <laughs> and then it loops. <laughs> and it just loops into it. And it's just like, oh, I okay. don't know. 
It's a well, controversial theme. Okay, anyway, my, uh, my theory is immediately dashed because um, for deeper into the maze, we go check out the main archive buildings, and apparently the vaults are no longer open to the public. That's a shitty zoo. Yeah, there's a restructuring operation going on. Oh. Um, but our um, we uh, we conveniently ask our bunny boy, Aaronville, to help us out after sniping some birds for him. Yeah. Right, yeah, we do do this. They, they, they give us a sniper interface, and he wants us to... To shoot a green bird with claws, that and we have to what? avoid shooting all of the other green birds that don't have claws, or the clawed birds that aren't green, or the birds that are both but don't go. Ah! Yeah, well, once we find the right bird, we get a nice cut scene, and he's got voice lines. Yeah, which was like, oh, is this a significant character? Oh, I kind of assumed he was like a throwaway, but okay, we got an he's actor hanging for him. Around. Uh, the rest of the Scions ask for an update as they approach us, and after discussing the nature of Labyrinthos' secrecy, including their super-duper re- secret research facility where the workers don't even get to leave, he then just straight up says, it feels like Charlene is preparing them to migrate to the southern continent on its own. Like, this is some sort of arc, but, you know, that's just speculation. I, they don't share everything with me. They're just overworking us, and we're just we're just some overworked laborers, and we're tired of it too. And he's like, you know, I'm not using the lift, right? There's That's no lift, but there is a big cave you could just walk through. Oh, thanks, thanks, Aaronville. He's like, yeah, see you later. <laughs> so we we head away. down and start the quest, the medial circuit. We make our way through the cave. We get down, and they're here. They're here. We make it to Mariel Argonomics, a cute little research farm, famous for its vineyards. <laughs> For its grapes. For its wonderful crystalline grapes. For the grapes that all you you all lost your shit over. They, we did all lose our shit over them. Well, I mean, look at them. <laughs> they're they're not. Uh, they, I admit they're not very good. They're, they're if, uh, so I did not know very much bad. about Final Fantasy fourteen. I knew people were upset about these grapes. I don't, we weren't. We loved them. What are you talking about? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I want to say our, our listeners were the good people who were, thought they were funny. There were people who were pissed about these grapes. Really? I don't man. I don't know, man. I, we all loved them. People dressed up as the grapes for fan fest. Okay, that's pretty good. They handed out like they handed out like a plushie of the polygon grapes. In the goodie bag, if you went to FanFest Vegas. Okay, that's all. So they like leaned into it too. Uh, They did did also update the model. They did update the model. They don't do this anymore. Anyway, we find out that they're stockpiling a bunch of seeds they don't even need. I wonder why. Well, they don't need them for research. They need them them for something else. Mm -hmm. What could you do with seeds that isn't research? Anyway, we go up the hill to help with some crates, and we happen upon some um, grayish, pinkish, glowing flowers, and a piano theme starts to play. Yeah. The, yeah, it turns out these flowers are heart blooms, which they are like, um, they're like the floral equivalent of like a mood ring. Yeah. They, they attune to the ambient emotion. Interesting. What color are they right now? Uh, they're gray because people are anxious. That's the color of anxiety. You're, if you're anxious out there, tell yourself to stop being so gray. Gray lords. Um, what are you, gray? Charlene is confused by all of this. You wrote down here, um, the guy is talking about this flower for a long time. Is it going to get injured in battle and be in a wheelchair? I did Which- write that down. <laughs> This this little monologue was way too long. I was like, it, oh no. We did learn a lot about these flowers. Yeah. Uh, the dramatic piano ballad isn't really helping either. <laughs> the scions arrive at our location and we catch the rest of them up on the uh, floral mood ring rant. And Aaronville pops up in the distance. Hey, you know what we should do? We should probably eavesdrop on his conversation with his superior on the forum so that we could figure out what the fuck everyone's up to. 
Isn't that good? That's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a reasonable plan. Um, Kryl misses all the plan because she's fixated on the flower and trying to reach out to Heidelin, yeah, it she seems says, like. Yeah, she says, I can almost reach her. And we're like, what? And then she says, I, I think Heidelin's trying to talk to me. And we're like, oh, okay, we'll let you do that. And then we go off to try and eavesdrop inside, quote unquote, Logisticum Beta, one of the climate control centers. It's kind of off in the distance. So we make it uh, across the river a bit, and Yerstola kind of stops us. She says, okay, we're kind of close. We can't turn invisible, but I can make you effectively invisible by turning you into frogs. She turns us into very large frogs. She doesn't even ask us permission. No, we, she just like she just waves her hand, and we're all frogs. And then we surreptitiously barrel down the road as in a unit of three, as frogs are inclined to do. Yeah, the most... <laughs> In <laughs> conspicuous frogs in the world, and we squadron of two foot tall frogs. <laughs> we e- eavesdrop on the conversation between Aaronville and his superior, a nameless member of the forum, in his interesting robe and graduation cap outfit. Um, so basically, what the gist of the conversation is that his contacts have another long list for the gleaners, and Aaronville is not thrilled about this and demands an explanation. Uh, because everyone's overworked and exhausted, and we, they deserve to know why they're being worked to the bone. Um, and Aaronville here, let me down a little bit. Aaronville's yeah. like, I demand an explanation. You can't treat us like this. And the other person is like, you see, the work we are doing here is for a tremendous and important purpose. Monument, momentous duty. Momentous duty. And Aaronville's like, in, in ages past. Aaronville's like, okay, I guess if it's for momentous duty, I understand. <laughs> like, push, push, like, push a little bit more, dude. Yeah, I suppose it's a little bit vague, but also he clocks the three obvious frogs immediately, so maybe he realizes <laughs> yeah. that he shouldn't push too hard. Um, yeah, like, the other like, two leave, and then Aaronville turns around and is like, hey, hey uh, I, I hope you learned something useful. Also, you're really obvious. You're really obvious. I trust. I still trust the forum, right? Um, but I do have my reservations, and it would be dumb to put all our eggs in one basket. He says as much out loud. Uh, they still he still places his faith in them, but also wants to repay the debt for the marmots and the the bird shooting. Uh, that brings us to a guide of sorts and estate visitor. Uh, we report our findings to Yustola, who then reports that Kryl, who kind of wandered off again. What the hell? So we go look for her, and she's uh, up there on that hill looking at those damn flowers again. She plucks one, which is so rude. Uh, they're trying to conserve these flowers, and she puts some ether into it. She says it's a spell to prevent it from wilting and that, quote, she said you will need it. Wait, what? So Heidelin, um, oh yeah, so then Heidelin just straight up possesses Kryle. With and, Kryle's uh, permission. With Kryle's permission, yeah, and, and talks to us using Kryle's voice. Um, basically, uh, she encourages us to walk free, see joy through despair, yada yada, all the good light stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, she offers encouragement on our path, too. She says, yeah, you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then and then Kryle snaps out of it and is like, oh, uh, ever since I was uh, arrived, I was able to hear a voice, but I wasn't sure if it was Heidelin or not. But um, this uh, this flower appears to be some sort of guide that we should be following. And the moment is very tender, but interrupted by Father Levailleur, Father Fortuneau, who, accompanied by sinister music, is here to uh, fuck shit up. 
<laughs> Straight up, he just like he's just like, "Tis not our way to discourage the pursuit of knowledge, but the timing of such pursuits must be considered, not to mention their potential impact." That sure sounds like discouragement to me. Yeah, he's here to discourage us from uh, I don't know snooping and finding state secrets, which you know what. Fair enough. Yeah, but also like we're nothing here. They're like the twins are like we're not doing anything illegal, and I was like we're kind of are. <laughs> but also like ideals are great until they're inconvenient, huh? Like it's easy it's to be like, oh, we're all for pursuit of knowledge as long as it's easy. Yeah, uh, the Char- Fortunal refers to Charlian as the true caretakers, which is funny. We, we kind of already know that we already went over this with Gaius and Garlemald and the whole sorrow or Verlet thing about how Gar- Garlemald thought that they were the ones who were the true whatevers. And it's like some interesting parallels to be had here. Um, anyway, we get arrested. <laughs> we get arrested and taken directly to court in front of the entire Seriously, forum. They, just, they, they march us directly onto the Senate floor, basically. Yeah, and everyone shows up. <laughs> yeah, it's also like everyone's of. in attendance. 100% attendance. We, uh, The United States government could never. At court, we are exposed as the scions are, and, you know, and, and summarily scolded for being kind of self-important uh, and trying to push our agenda and spread the, 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 the primitive lies of the, the Orzean whatever about whatever stuff. And one particular forum member uh, is yells at Kryle saying that, like, your grandfather would be ashamed. And Kryle's like, my grandfather would have done the same shit. We were always like this. You're dumb. <laughs> this is the part in the trailer that we watched where um, mm. Yashtola yells at the forum. The trailer didn't show everyone else it was in court with Yashtola. Yes. They, they, t- they took care to hide the fact that it was the entire party. But also, you pointed out here that in this cutscene, they took your glasses off. I think they take everyone's headgear off, which yeah. is not happened since Orshafont. Yeah, this so. is serious. <laughs> There's two moments. This and Orshafont dying. <laughs> um, Graha gives an interesting speech here about what he discovered in researching Charlian governance in the Forbidden section. Uh, the subtle but gradual inversion of the preservation of knowledge to benefit society to the reshaping of society towards the end of preserving knowledge. Labyrinthos in particular has been getting an obscene amount of funding to transform it from an archive to uh, to a research facility. And this all began around 300 years ago when the formal study of the Ethereal Sea began. What did you find that gave cause to this duty? Um, And then one guy tries to yell at them to stop talking and he gets force choked. Literally, yes. He just like does the whole like <gasps> clutch at his throat type and thing. Forshenot stands up and says, "What would you have us do? We will never pick up the sword. We will live on and do what we must." I just want to sidebar here really quick. Yeah. Endwalker so far feels like a step up in terms of like story sophistication. I don't know. It's like like there's like there's like three different themes. It feels like this story's kind of playing around here yeah. with, between like between Graha's idea of like, you know, how a culture can go and kind of like lose track of its values and the stuff with like Heidelin says about like, you know, like sort of like time blending together in the past and the present colliding and some stuff we're going to get into here. Like I have I have been waiting for this game to be doing more stuff like this for like four expansions at this point <laughs> and now it's all happening at once and I'm like, "Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. This this is this is cool <laughs> yeah the, i'm glad you think so this whole uh forum thing is interrupted by one montesheny head of the studium an old friend of louis Swa. he jumps to our defense by mostly saying this is all stupid we're not trying to incite our citizens into action you know they're not trying to start a, a rebellion and a fight they're just asking questions like any good student would we must you know uh, be even-handed here or there will be only more discontent 
in the populace. So they call for a vote, and the conclusion... He explicitly calls out when Barbara Streisand tried to hide her... He does mention Barbara Streisand. (laughs) By name. By name. Apparently she's in in this world, too. Yes. Continue with the conclusion. Anyway, conclusion ends up being they cast a vote, and we're still banned from anywhere outside the city and any further research by a 51-48 vote, which means that everyone did show up. Yeah. All 99 of them. Um, But outside of that, we're like, oh, dang it. But we hear a voice... And a tall lady in a white robe with silver hair. Is it Heidelin? Calls no. out to us. No. It's Mother uh, Emilians? Emilians. Emilians. Yes. It's there. It's, it's Fortuno's wife and Alf, you know, and Alice's lovely doting mother, Emilians. A stark contrast to her husband. <laughs> yes. She doesn't give a shit what her husband says. She wants to talk to her kids. She invites us home. She wants to give us gifts. What a nice lady. Yeah, I love that. I mean, my mother is the same way <laughs> we walk in the front door of their house and uh, wow they have servants they have like 20 servants like it's like the, the entire staff is, the, is lined up and the house is the size of ikea <laughs> it is absolutely massive um they greet us at the like, door it's like a, it's like your pride and prejudice when she when elizabeth bennett finally sees his um his Darcy's house, house, Darcy's yeah. house the first time jesus christ <laughs> new outfits for the twins yay that's the gifts Alice points out that it's exactly what she would have chosen, but um, Alice... I think it's a bit of a downgrade. I, I, I'm not super into Alice's new outfit. I like it. I like the bold red color. It, it's, it communicates her color very clearly. Um, I like the little bit of skin. She's a growing lady. She sure, loves, loves yeah. to be sexy. Form she, can, fitting. she can feel confident I like that herself. It's form fitting. I don't like the. I don't like the 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 extra like long coat that just has like leg cutouts in front of it of i think one. that's what i'm and i think the, the i think the and i think the color of the old coat is a bit drab personally so i like this i like this more for me uh it the, the both and alpha knows is uh a, a, a deep blue sage outfit basically <laughs> uh he says it's eminently practical when it has a lot of chains a lot of chains like hanging over the shoulders and, and both stuff. of both of their outfits still have their trademark weird sides uh, silver egg <laughs> on their heels. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I, I do, yes. It's... Her her heels don't look comfortable either, but that's never been the case. That's no. Sorry, I'm looking mean, at her outfit right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she would not be the one to complain compared to Gaia. Um... <laughs> I think it's the vertical stripes for me. I think she looks, she looks like she's like, a, like, she looks like she played baseball. Like, <laughs> Well, that's in character. <laughs> Emilios gives a bit of advice that basically amounts to better to ask forgiveness than permission when it comes to dealing with that, right? Uh, so just, you know, he, he's going to twist your words, but if you just do the dang thing, he'll see that he's wrong. Uh, she sends us off, and we now forbidden from continu- continuing any work in Charlie and head off to Thavner. We made good time on that chapter. We're doing good. Yeah, we're doing all right. This brings us to 4th Thavner bound and on low tide. All right. Savner so party. We could take a boat there, or actually, we could we couldn't because it'll take too long. So um, instead, uh, mm. we're going to need some more connections with um, from you know knowing Monbrida. Yeah, uh, Orion J has us hooked up with some uh, wacky back alley Charlie and scientists. Yeah, he also mentions her parents, who are also experts, whom he has yet to muster up the courage to visit since uh, Monbrida's death. Is this like? This is like only the second time she has been mentioned since she died. Pretty and I'm much. wondering if like we're going to bring some of that back for this expansion. I, I don't know. Just curious how much that will factor into things. Said parents are working at this back alley. <laughs> so we'll likely have a confrontation with them there. 
Um, so, well, we just, he's just kind of asking us for support and we've got his back. Like, yeah, it's gonna be, gonna be tough for him. Um, we head to the back alley. Okay, fine. It's not actually a back alley. It's a totally legitimate research institution in the center of town. (laughs) I don't remember what it's called. And the parents aren't there. Oh, well, not bullet dodged, but just emotional bullet dodged, I guess. Uh, who is here, however, is a manic blue pixie cut scientist that keeps us that sees us only as test subjects. I don't remember her name. It was like Kylie, Kylie Minogue or something. Alex's first impression of this character was your impression was not positive, right? I, look, I I know I'm overreacting to one line here. Yeah, but the way that sh- that we show it's up, great. we all show up, and she's all like, "Oh, are you all here to bring back my library books? I guess they're overdue." Tee hee. <laughs> as someone who has like. 12 library books out right now and owns like 300 more like you own 300 library books i own i i don't know between between <laughs> the two of us i have no idea how many books we have at this point but um as, as people who are too cutesy about like their their, their bookishness get on my nerves hmm. it's like a weird hipster thing for me okay well anyway turns out we're trying out some new experimental one-way ether travel where you can travel to Rather than attuning to two crystals and traveling between them, you just attune between, you just travel between two already uh, crystals that are attuned to each other. I don't know. It'd be freaking cool if it works. Let's, I'm sure it'll be fine and that there, our essence will not be dispersed into the ether. I mean, we risk that every time we teleport. So whatever. I'm sure we got the science down. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we can so, just talk to Kelly to do a little glowy dance to bring us back if we have to. That's true. So, <laughs> so, so we're, so uh, fortunately they've been set up, set up a testing station uh, over in uh, Thavnir. So we're just, we march up to the, to the etherite plaza and the, uh, our, our manic pixie girl, what's her, Okay. Kylie Minogue. What's her name? Kylie? Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. Yep, she dances. Is her name actually Kylie Minogue? She goes, Padam. No. Yes. Yes, it is. I don't... I can't tell if you're fucking... Kylie Minogue could be some TikTok (laughs) celebrity that you're, like, making a joke of right now. Anyway, okay. Her name is Kylie Minogue. Anyway, (laughs) she's like... She wants to send us all. Oh, yeah. Also, Estinian has been to Thavnir before, apparently, because he stopped in on his way somewhere else, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, especially if you look at because- the map, it's a really that's a long layover. That is a layover in Albuquerque when you're coming from. You're like in Houston. You're going to Albuquerque, and then your final destination is Chicago. <laughs> it's a it's very out of the way. But so he could just warp there himself because he's already attuned to their etherite. So yeah, that's just, nice. just it's just us and Thancred and who else is coming? Is it Ariange? Ariange, that's right. Yes. So. So as as we're preparing to go, she's like, by the way, you might experience intense nausea and we have just enough time to go, what, before we are zapped over there and immediately hit with a bout of intense nausea. Yeah, the screen kind of cracks and goes gray and we all fall over. Um, Astinian offers, he's not sick because he's been here before, he offers kindly to buy some nice mango lassi for us. Uh, but as it turns out, we got a note from Kryl, um, a warning to say not to let Astinian buy anything because he's bad with money. Uh oh! So we have to go and very slowly chase after him while occasionally vomiting in game to make sure he doesn't overpay for anything. Um, I, I I swear to God. So so Friday night. Yeah. I got a new medication, like an anti-inflammatory, from okay. my doctor. That was apparently just prescription strength Aleve, 
but I took it on an empty stomach. No. And, <laughs> oh and, no. And then got high that night with a with a marijuana edible, and the resulting combination. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I could not move my head six inches without throwing up. I could not open my eyes for oh more than a God. split second. That sounds so bad. I had to, I made it to the toilet and uh, evacuated my stomach a few times. Cool. And then had to basically throw myself on my back and kind of inchworm my way down the hall into the bedroom, like two feet at a time, in order to collapse into bed and just lie there and listen to the British baking show for oh. in, until, until I felt better a few hours later. How it like, was. How are you liking this season so far? Uh, it's good. It's interesting. It's, um... Yeah. I think they're all really good bakers, and the, like they're any also, one of them could win. They're also probably Tasha. Uh, but, they're they're also cute. I'm rooting for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for Tasha too, but she had a real hard time, like you know, previous week. Well, that and... was that was because of the that weather. It was too hot. Yeah, but like they're kind of keeping the camera off for this epi- this most recent episode. Also, and yeah. I'm wondering if she's like if she's just if she's doing okay. Yeah, we can continue this discussion in our Discord. We can have a Bake Off thread in our mo- in our Books TV movie channel. That'd we be absolutely fun. should do that. We can and should and will do that. Um, anyway, I was very sick. Um, I was more sick. I was more sick than we are in game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this uh, also Alice and Hammond host everything forever, please. Incredible, incredible hostess. Uh, okay, yes. So we we get we we save we have, we save ourselves from having to spend twenty thousand dollars on some mango lassi. <laughs> And after we get a uh, sweet treat and a rest, we see Istinian, and he's he he's come back, and he's put his hair in a ponytail because it's gross and hot out here, and it's a big thing, I guess. I don't know. Completely reasonable. Uh, we get a bit of a Radzat Han history lesson, uh, and at this point, they're kind of a they're an aggressively mercantilist city state, um, and they are uh, ter- terminally neutral, as we learned kind of in because they have a Thevnarian embassy in in uh what's it called kugane right so they're neutral with this whole you know imperialist expansion thing i think we should probably point out also like the the visual motif for this is like Mm. it's i think it's like it's indian it's south asian it's a lot of bright colors it's a lot of sort of like you know uh architectural influences from from that region yeah uh it's it's very pretty uh the the they do normally do a good job policing exploitation though um in this on this island but there's no sign of any city constabulary so and people are looking pretty fucking down so let's investigate figure out what the hell's going on uh turns out it's just the the tower in the distance there's a tower here on thavner and people are weirded the fuck out from this weird magic tower um also the empire collapsing turns out had a really messed up has had a messed up effect on trade globally especially in this part of the world um, which makes sense. If a non-U.S. like major political power on Earth were to collapse, even if we were kind of like adversarial with them or neutral negative with them, we would be pretty fucked. <laughs> Turns out it's all connected. Yeah, that would uh, that would suck. Um, yeah, we try to talk to this consortium leader here named Kalzal, but we're shooed away along with uh, an- another person who is trying for to get help, a hapless Matanga elephant man. Uh, there's a whole tribe of elephant people that live here. His name is Matsya, and we go to uh, we go to to him to assist him personally. That as brings we us are to, to yeah, a fisherman's friend in the House of Divinities. So um, Matsya has social anxiety, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a fishmonger who's not good at selling fish. So he'd like to learn how to sell fish from an adventurer, which totally tracks. Yeah. Um, so we wander around town and show him how to sell fish, and he learns a lot from us. Some of it rather unintentional. 
Uh, at the end of everything, Kalzal kind of approaches us on the dock, and we learn his uh, consortium is consortium. <laughs> we learn about Kalzal's consortium. <laughs> Hello, I am Laszlo. I, I'm now taken. I've taken over this podcast. Pod podcast. That's probably better, right? Podcast. Yes. Podcast. It's basically at a standstill since there's no trade, which bums everyone out. All right, I'm done. Uh, everyone, everyone's just real sad. We report on this to Thankred, who says, "Okay, cool. Hey, I learned people getting kidnapped." Yeah, more compelling kind of thread to follow there. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, the Arcasodora, the tribe of Matanga on this island, getting name dense, but whatever. They're known for their faith around here, so they'd be prime tower targets. And Matsya just ended up walking off towards uh, a, a place called town. the Great Work. So yeah. we're like, oh, uh, well, people are getting kidnapped. He's wandering off alone. He might get kidnapped. We should follow him. Hey, turns out he's getting kidnapped. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> he's immediately attacked by Garleans. <laughs> yeah, he thanks us and uh, we, we kill them. And he thanks us and we ask him about the beasties coming from the tower. And they're summoning primals made from their divinities as well. And we take a nearby trip to the nearby fish- fishing village to learn about their gods, the Mega Sisters. Mindy, Cindy, and, 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 not Mandy, Mindy, Sandy, and Cindy. I think my doc autocorrected to Mandy, but that's not it. They're all indies. They're super into pitchfork. We learned that the Wait, Mindy, central- <laughs> Mindy, Cindy, and Cindy? Mindy, Sandy, Sandy, and Cindy. Oh, Mindy's- it's not Cindy. They're not all indies. I was mistaken. San- Sandy and Sydney. Sandy, Cindy, Cindy, Mandy, Mindy, and Cindy. There are three sisters, one in red, one in yellow, one in green. Um, we learned that uh, we also learned from this village that there's a satrap, quote unquote, of the the uh, the rods of Rad Zathan, who is the leader, and he's kind of and his ancestor uh, made a deal with a dragon for protection, so they're totally fine. Assyrians okay. immediately like dragon, dragon, <laughs> foams at the mouth. <laughs> the great work and the shattered footsteps are our next quests. Yes, uh, cool history lesson, and we finally go to meet Kryle's contact here in Thavnir named Nadana. Uh, she is a sweet. Well, we don't know her yet, but but she's at the great work. The great work is like a research sort of community. Sort yeah, of. it's like, it's like where they do their their magic experiments and stuff. Yeah. yeah, we arrive and everyone's dead. They're lying on the ground. At least they're all mm. conked out. Which yeah. I, I thought genuinely something bad had happened here, but no. Apparently, they're all just napping. <laughs> We're stuck up on at this point while we're trying to taking people's pulses, and uh, it's a cute little Alra boy with red eyes uh, that are sinister as heck, named Varshan, who introduces himself as a servant to the satrap. Uh, convenient, and I'm glad they explained what the satrap was beforehand. He announces that he brings more dragon scales, and the alchemists immediately perk up from their rest. God, I, I will say. Knowing the reveal we're about to get, mm-hmm. I would never have guessed that. Like, it's like, in context, yeah, it makes total sense. But it's not like... <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> I it's good. We're going to find out more about that kid in a bit. If Istinian becomes violent and manic and convulses at the sight of the scales and has a staring contest with Varshan. Varshan is also like, what's up with you? You seem kind of dragony. <laughs> Okay, Jesus Christ. Anyway, why do they get dragon scales? Because according to the alchemist, these scales are going to help them stop the stupid tempering tower. Um, The alchemist in pink introduces herself as Nadana. Hello! Finally, nice to meet you. Yep. Um, And then the alchemists notice that the blood of Nidhogg is both on and inside Astinian, and they begin to crowd around him and ask him really creepy and invasive questions while encroaching on his personal space. Yeah, they cut to his horrified face here as he is carried away 
uh, to be experimented upon by alchemists is comedy gold. <laughs> It'll be fine. Nadana takes us into her workshop. <laughs> she wants to test our blessing of light to see how strong its protection is. So uh, we can serve as an escort it, it, for somebody else. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like they can test the scales by having us take someone in, knowing that we'll be safe enough to pull them out. Yeah. Um, so in order to do that, we follow a very slowly moving animated lantern, and we have it ether blast as a bunch. Cool. <laughs> we then help Nadana to get a special herb for the talisman. <laughs> get in that herb. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm You'd not, know all about that. I'm not that. touching the herb for you... a while. <laughs> I also had a bad experience with that edible recently. I had a flight to Minneapolis right, as for that wedding, but I think I, I booked it too early. It was like it was a 7 a.m. flight. I tried to save oh, some money. Oh, no. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just conk myself out with a with an edible beforehand. I did not conk out. I was, in fact, <laughs> awake the whole night. And then oh, I had to go to the airport at, like, four. <laughs> Were you anxious, like, two? Or t- yeah. And I was just up. And so I had zero sleep. And then I had to go to the airport at four. And then I got there. And the flight was delayed by three hours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, God, I was anxious about nothing. <laughs> Maybe drugs are bad, actually. <laughs> hey, man. Maybe. No. Don't book 7 a.m. flights if you have terrible anxiety about getting up early. <laughs> the drugs don't fix that. Oh, man. Anyway, um, we as we're catching the herb, we catch a glimpse of Radzat Han in the distance at the, at the herb gathering spot, which has shut its borders since the troubles began. More more history here, more context for Radzat Han from Nidana. Um, Unga's knees... <coughs> That sneeze made me like heave. Wow, you okay? It, it was so unpleasant. Well, even all the sense. I have to keep this in because I'm sure that was really funny sounding. I mean, listen back. See if it's actually funny sounding on the tape. But... <laughs> it sounded funny to me as I was doing it. Anyway, so what we find out about the satrap is that like they are a benevolent dictator that basically mediates conflict. Like the people self-govern until they reach an impasse, at which point the satrap passes down a judgment. And yeah. this is the way that it's functioned since the island has been founded. Okay, well, we're going to reserve our judgment. But um... We then cut to Fan Daniel, who is kind of like actually here and hovering over the great work and kind of like annoyed. He's annoyed at the work that the alchemists are doing. Yeah. And he's Did like... say more about it? <laughs> sorry. He's annoyed at the work the alchemists are doing to ward off tempering. And it triggers something in him. He's like, oh, I remember something like this, um, doing something a similar experiment in a past life. Something by by o- Owen? Then his voice shifts and it changes. Yeah. And he says, complications be damned, for we cannot escape the nature of our souls. And I, as ever, am my own worst enemy. Okay, again, cool, interesting, like, philosophical theme yeah. shit here going on. I love shit like we cannot escape the nature of our souls. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So the game, like, I mean, gave us kind of a hint to the 5.4, which I'm assuming you picked up on. Did you or not? About what? When when he's like, oh, Owen, Owen. At this point, were, were, were you, did you did you note that that was a, a little hint as to who he was? No, because I totally forgot who Owen was, but we learn later. Yeah, we learn later. It's funny. It's funny you forgot who Owen was after how big of a deal you made his name. <laughs> Of you made of his name in the episode. You were I like, did. Yeah, you were like this guy's just got like a normal ass name. 
<laughs> my God, man. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, oh. Man, oh, I'm 32 years old. My memory is fried. I bet you're going to... I bet you're gonna be really interested when they when they bring that name up again. I guess not. I disappointed you utterly and entirely. All right. Well, that's fine. Well, we it's it's not it's not a secret for much longer. Cuts back to the workshop. The scientists are gonna progress on the talisman while we go run an, uh, an errand to pick up some giant's gall with the lovely Varshan. Note to myself: if I if I went back and edited that out of the episode i might have i don't know there was some stuff i edited out about cloning and garbage i was like what the fuck am i talking about <laughs> so then like, they're not- gonna they're gonna explain this in game later i don't have to explain this <laughs> so it might not make any sense okay anyway i, think I did though a uh, boy's errand and tipping the scale are our next quests. Uh, so rather that we've been riding our mounts everywhere but they give us some dodos to ride <laughs> some bespoke dodos and they rig the character model so that our legs are just flippy flappy flopping like you know up and down as we run yeah we're <laughs> riding the dodos with farshan and he gives us a tour of the landscape and some more context it's it's nice play the game to get it we're met with uh, Nabdeen, a, a captain of the Radiant Host, and the, the military contingency of the Radzat Han. Of, I keep saying the Radzat Han. It's the Radzat Han. No, it's Radzat Han. It's just, it's, that's just his name. Um, so after a brief, pretty pointless info exchange, <laughs> we leave on Dodo back towards the quarry. Um, and the miner there hands us a sack of the good, good giant's gall, and we bring it to Nadana. It's easy peasy. Great. So, um, yeah, she's going to work on stuff. We're going to take a nice evening stroll along the shore. We're going to meet up with the other scions, who um, they've been busy cavorting with the local alchemists. Ariane J takes this opportunity to wax, lots of waxing in this patch, <gasps> about how, uh, not chunk of stuff, about how the, uh, the, the uh, Telephoroi, Telephoroi? Everyone's landing strips are going to be pristine with how much waxing is being done. Ariane waxes about how the Telephoroi were born of... They were also born of Heidelin, just like us, you know? Like, they're ultimately people, too. And mm-hmm. how this coming conflict is an existential war to determine the worth of life. Sancred is less convinced about this lofty sort of proclamation. He and Astinian both sort of say that they, they actually kind of understand Fandaniel on a bit of a personal level. And that, like, sometimes you do end up in a black pit without hope, and the only way out seems to be destruction of yourself and everything around you. Oh, well, that's interesting perspective. I'm glad people are empathizing with this genocidal maniac. Hey, Fandaniel's watching, a, watching us talk about him like a creep. Yeah, he's up over the hill there. He's watching us. We, 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 we chase tra- after him. We chase him off and spray mace at him. <laughs> we- Shoot, get out of here. Ah! <laughs> it's so painful. Pepper spray hurts your soul, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the alchemists back in town are rejoicing because the talisman has passed all their tests. Yay! Apparently, they can now approach the tower. Yay! So, um, Nadana, ever the scientist, requests. Um, she's like she wants to be the one to put it through a field test. Okay. So we're going to go to the tower with her and confirm if this thing can hold off the influence of the tower and pre- allow other people to approach it without being tempered. And we make it to the tower, and it appears to be working just fine. She is not being tempered. The test is totally successful. No, no, no. See, that's the thing. The ominous music is still playing, which is at which point a bunch of shadow chains shoot out and grab her. Oh, no. The talisman wards against ether, but it doesn't ward against regular chains. (laughs) So we run inside, and we we find... We didn't think about the chains. We we run inside this tower, and we see Fan Daniel shoving Nadana head first into like into an orifice into a, in, into into a one hole of the in the side of the tower that looks like it's made out of skin. 
Also, inside this tower, is there? Is it deliberate that it is reminiscent of the Void Arc stuff, or? I guess it is kind of reminiscent of that Void Arc, that Maki architecture, isn't it? I hadn't really put those two together, but I, I, I don't think it's. Hmm. I wonder. I mean, they're both kind of just pulling from the H.R. Geiger style of sort of like I guess, flesh but yeah, no, you're, I think that's a really interesting connection you made. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, I'm contributing. Cool. Uh, yeah. Add that to the wiki. Yeah, she uh, drops the talisman after being shoved into that hole. And, uh, yep, it's just in there. <laughs> she, Fan Daniel picks up the talisman and notes the similarities are, the similarities are striking. To what? I mean, now, now that we've talked about it, now that I've made it explicit... Yeah, well, now he's talking. Now he starts telling us about who he is, basically. He is uh, Fandaniel, the sundered Asian. Yes. Mm-hmm. His patrons of old would have positively squealed at his progress, at this experiment, at this little experimental delight he's got. And this is where we're going to get into. We're going to get. Okay, you know what? I'm going to. We're just going to go through what happens here, and then I have some questions at the end. Mm so Fandaniel, it turns out, appears to have his own identity as like a person outside of that of Fandaniel the role, mm-hmm. despite having ascended, uh, which is very different from the other Asians. Turns out um, the Paragon's plan was not foolproof, as you've written down. Um, he says, oh, yes, you've heard of me. Um, and then we he bows and we get a migraine of echo flashback and he introduces himself again. His name is Amon. Mm-hmm. He was um, an Allegan scientist. Yeah, the mon- yeah the the voice we hear, the second voice that he brought in before, starts monologuing about existence and about how it's beautiful, but also it's ripe for decay. His all-consuming science back in the day of the Allegans was seen as a mere indulgence for entertainment, which always kind of chafed against him. So he ended up reviving the first emperor to set the empire back on the path of conquest and glory. You know, standard revanchist fascist stuff. Um, this is all the Crystal Tower stuff. That's where, and Azizla, that's where Zandi comes in. Mm-hmm. And advises Amon that everything is pointless because we all die, which is wild coming from someone who's not dead anymore, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amon catches Emmet Selk's eye, uh, the paragon, and, just, and Emmet Selk decides to ascend him to Fandaniel. Um, thus, the real Amon was ascended, and Amon himself sent a clone um, into the Crystal Tower as a contingency plan so that he could observe from afar from his seat where his plan would take the empire. And it turns out the emperor and Emmett Selk were right. This whole empire was pointless and it all collapsed into the fourth calamity. And also Amon knows about the, the, the Zodiac thing and how everything is much greater than this whole stupid empire thing matters. Right. Got it. Yep. He's aware of the, the nature of the universe. So here's my question. What's your question? Questions. What's your questions? Emmett Selk tells Amon that Fandaniel is like his birthright or like, or it's Mm -hmm. his right or something, right? Like it is like, like, so there was a figure who held the title of Fandaniel at the time of the calamity of the, um, Mm -hmm. uh, of the, what what do we call them? The, The ancients. The ancients. Yep. Yeah. All of those souls were lost into the ether and kind of like recur in like a reincarnation process, not every life, but like like the, their souls are in the big soul mix, right? And they keep getting churned up now and then, right? Hmm. That's how I think this is working. And what you can do is if like if, if an old ancient soul from like one of like the uh, one of the title holders comes up into like a new into a new life, 
Mm. You can then put that through the process of ascension to transform them into an Asian. Mm. Does that rough? Sure. I, is, yeah. is that yeah. how that seems yeah. to what's work? What's your question? Is that how that works? Oh, I mean, yeah, we've already established that. Well, because what I wasn't c- c- clear about here then was so mm. what happened was that like. Amon was awakened as Fandaniel, but the Fandanielness did not completely overwrite the life that he had had as Amon, and so he is kind of both inside himself. Is yeah, that what's going on? Yeah. Whereas with someone else, for example, and like Logarf Selk, and Mitron, they didn't have all this shit, right? Yeah, because like, yeah, like like Emmet Selk or well, or those some... are paragons; those are bad examples. Okay, they were bad never, examples. They okay, were never okay. sundered. Okay, and never died, so <laughs> they didn't. Right. Okay. That's the bit I'm missing here. It's the sundered, unsundered thing. Yes. Where the, the, the... So Lahabrea, Elidibus, and Emmet Selk were not, never sundered, never reascended. Logriff, Mitron. Um, is there anyone else we've actually met? Um, Igiorm was one, but we didn't really get much of her. Um, and what the, and Fendaniel. And I don't think we've, I don't think you've met or we, we've met any other Asians. There's some mentioned in some side content, but. This is also some we just don't know yet. But anyway, Fandaniel is fucked up. So the unsundered just kind of existed as souls who then could just like move about and take bodies yeah. and do yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the other lower kind well, of Asians... still can, like, yeah, mm-hmm. if they're Asians, but... Had, like, 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 like everyone else, their bodies, like their souls would be recycled into new lives and then they, those could be ascended into... Mm-hmm. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Okay, cool. Glad we... Cleared that up for you, because uh, I'm sure it will never come up again, <laughs> ever. The question of identity or souls or anything, I'm sure we'll just leave that on the side, right? Yeah. Anyway, also, it turns out Fandaniel appears to have deliberately given us psychovision as a distraction while he makes his escape. So <laughs> that's, that's what it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, d- interesting. Did not know that was something you could force. <laughs> that seems like a powerful thing to do. Um, so, yeah. He's, he gives us a little bit more of a theatrical exit. It taunts us and beckons us to come, come play with his master. And ta-ta! And that's the end of that quest. We move on to the satrap of Razat Han. Um, after, so we get the fuck out of the tower, catch the alchemist on, up on what the fuck happened here, and they resolve to make tons of warding scales so we can go save her and everyone else. Meanwhile, we're invited to meet with the satrap himself. And... Uh, uh, you not being able to fly have to make the extremely long track across the map uh and i didn't so once we get in there we get we get a bit of narration about the 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 it's a lot of detail about this cultural hub it's kind of hollowed out now um but it would be really pretty if it wasn't raining through this entire cutscene and foggy i mean here the rain kind of helps a little bit because like yeah it's like oh it's depressing there's no everyone's fucked up there's no one in the streets it's gray. Everyone's, yeah, everyone's, a, yeah, just like the flower. It's gray. It's anxiety. There's a bunch of gray lords in this town. Mm-hmm. We meet uh, with Ahuan, the satrap. He offers some pleasantries, but... Im- Seems like Estinian, a nice guy, tall, distinguished, gray hair. It, but Estinian immediately starts bursting through his armor. It's like, <laughs> his you are not the satrap! is out through the roof. He is breaking out into hives. His eyes are bulging out of his head. He's like, ah, God! Just met you! Get out! <laughs> It turns out that behind, like behind the curtain, it's a dragon. There's a dragon back there. I know it. <laughs> it turns out that the satrap is not actually a title passed down from person to person. It has in fact been one dragon the entire time. Well, that works out, I guess. 
Uh, he's the he's it's Ritra. He's of the first brood. He's the baby of the family. Yes, Ritra, young, younger sibling to Nidhogg, and he's the youngest. Mm-hmm. He's your sweet baby brother, child of Midgar Samor. Yes. Um, how did they? You have questions here. Like, how do they keep it? How do they keep the fact that a giant dragon in here a secret? Like, does he get out to exercise? It's, it's a big how do, what do they feed him? It's, does anyone not a zoo animal? Does anyone in the city wonder, like, why they have to, like, march, like, five cows into the palace every single day that never come out? Uh, well, uh, we also learn that one of his eyes is out of his head. He's missing yeah, an eye. it's an eye because the eye is inside the body of that red-eyed kid who's been accompanying us everywhere. It's a vessel, and he gets to watch over his, his beloved people. He built himself like an avatar, basically. Yeah. It's a little... It's a, it's, it's a boy bot. <laughs> um, you know, given he, so we have some questions about why concealing this at all, right, to him. But given what happened to Ratatoskr, I would imagine it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, and given that like the the, the Ishgardians were helping on killing all dragons for a while, like yeah, let's let's uh, we we had to go in and stop there. So you know, and then then at that point, it was just common practice to keep secret. So we had no reason to reveal himself. He offers um, some scales for us to help infiltrate the power, uh, the tower. Excuse me. Whose narrow confines only allow for a few at a time, maybe about eight or nine. Uh, and okay, well, let's. Uh, cool. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go back to Charlian for a hot minute to decide on what to do. I guess I don't know. Not really. We're done with the other chapter, so we're just gonna go back to Charlian and then come right back to the tower. Basically, in the dark of the tower. It would really like yeah. I did Thavnir first, my first playthrough, and it was really weird that like we had this terrible like threat, and that we had the means to go in there and then we just like had to go in and do fucking labyrinthos for a level and a half while nidana just rotted in the town <laughs> it's, it was really weird um so i'm glad we did it this way yeah we catch up back at charlie we catch everyone up and um we just basically set sail to the tower right yes um and of course since you know as usual we have we have our contracts aligned we have our, our works cut out for us and we've booked our wonderful friend the dungeon goblin to come in and do the tower of that for us all right dungeon goblin come on out hey oh well he just raced right in here hey i'm the dungeon goblin's girlfriend oh he couldn't make it he couldn't make it he couldn't make it I see. I see you wearing his hat. Thank you for for wearing for. Yeah, I try my best. I understand. Yeah, that's totally why you mistook me for him. We look alike a little bit, kind of a siblings or dating thing. But I assure you, we're dating. I'm well, gonna tell you about the tower. You can tell us what the tower is on. Yeah, don't worry about it. All right, it. let's do you. it. Okay. So the first tower, the tower is on. It's the dungeon and it's the donut. Thavniru. Thavnir. Savnir, yes, yes. Sorry, you got I, don't it. Pl- I don't play this game. <laughs> he plays. He's like on this game all the time. He knows everything. But okay, so the first we go in and we're like, uh, da, 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 da. we're hanging out with all the science and killing a bunch of robots. You uh, do kill a bunch of robots. Yeah, You're right. I remember this. There's a note here. It says that Kryle's super cool and heals us and makes the first few pulls of trash really easy. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah, you pull the trash. Super easy. Yeah, Kryle's cool. Okay. Kryle is cool. The first boss is a, a woman named Mindy. It is Mindy. Yes. She, this is the, the red one? 
Yeah, I think. I'll take your word for it. Uh, she casts a lot of spells, and you have to like remember what the spells are, or you'll get hit a lot. You do. I got hit a lot. Okay, well, that tracks. Um, the second boss is a woman named Sandy. I had a bully in high school named Sandy. She called me fat and full of acne. And uh, it was really traumatizing, but it's okay. She got hit by a minivan on junior year at the pep rally. So, and we all kind of didn't feel that bad about it. So she got taken out of school. I... I'm sorry that happened. I'm not. Anyway, Sandy does a cool disguise thing, and she she confuses everyone. And then you have to find the real Sandy. Is this one where like you look for one that's not moving? Yeah, but maybe the real Sandy bully should have moved out of the way of the minivan. (laughs) She had a habit of not moving. Moving on. Okay, third boss. Okay. This one here says it's a woman named Cindy, but then she calls her sisters Mindy and Sandy. Wow, that's a really not creative naming scheme. Their parents kind of are kind of nasty for doing that. I, I think that's sort of like a cultural gestalt. Like they Is it like a triplet like thing of... where they like name the triplets all the same thing? No, like they, they emerge the from like a series like... of shared myths that have like built up over thousands of years of like cultural history. No. Oh. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of weird, but okay. It's like converted. It's like it's like Carsonization, right? It's like they have like all three of these. these I had another gods. high school bully named Carson. He was a jock, and he he would uh, he would point out my glasses and say they're really thick. But I wear contacts now. So what what, what happened to Carson? Well, nothing happened to graduated and went to school. Probably I don't know. Not all of my bullies met some Final Destination karmic fate. Jesus Christ. Anyway, fight with Cindy. All three of them. Yeah, Real tough. This one just says, it's a lot. And I don't know what that means. It, a lot happens. Um, this is If this is indicative of all of the Endwalker bosses, we've taken a step up. This is a, oh. a lot more complicated than anything we have done to date, I think. Okay. It says here, there's a lot of mechanics. You, you know, read? now that I think about it, I think Carson became a mechanic. Carson became a mechanic? Like he works on like airplanes or like No, boats? I think boats. Boats? <laughs> He's, He's a, boat, a mechanic? boat mechanic. Do you want to treat people on Facebook? See if No, like- that's we not gonna stalk him. I don't care about him anymore. I care about my dungeon goblin boyfriend. And it looks like I'm all done here, right? I So I, I'm just gonna take this check for twenty five Rand. Um and I'm gonna go, but also he kinda he might have to have a talk about giving him a raise because we're kind of in trouble. I don't know. Is this the venue for that? Or maybe it's not really appropriate right now. Okay. Can, can he can email me afterwards? Okay. I'll let, I'll let him know that you're open to the idea. That should give him some encouragement. I, I I'm open to the idea. Yeah, we can talk about it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, um. She's nice. She 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 was nice. We we may just want to clarify who's showing up before we record. Well, I didn't. I mean, I, I don't listen. It's not. It wasn't that you know, bad. You know, she was very nice. Yeah, and it's also you have absolutely no right, given literally every ad you don't clear with me before the episode, <laughs> to be persnickety with me about the. I absolutely the recap. Not. So yeah, whatever. Jeez, moving on. Uh, after that final boss, the uh, scions come in late as usual. Um, and we're, we're basically we deduce that the big giant machine is the core of the tower. The ether is thickest here, and it's. Um, she takes a closer look, and inside she sees a severed limb. 
That's creepy. That's weird. Who, whose limb is that? I have no idea. I bet it's Kylie Minogue's. <laughs> Probably Kylie Minogue's. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so the ether is it, it's and it's sucking in more ether than it's using. So it's like consolidating it. Um. So we're like, we should destroy this thing, and Justinian blows it up with a dragon dive. Yeah, and then the tower begins to collapse. Well, which it makes like sense. we all thought might happen. Yeah. So so we all begin plummeting to the ground. And before we die to gravity, though, Graha, in his incredible, elegant wizard ways, manages to break everyone's fall with a fancy anti-gravity magic spell, but barely. We recover. We all recover, but Graha is he's tired. Um, and uh, in so many words, the threat is gone, and the people. Here need tempering treatment, which we can provide. I believe Ishtola says we'll get more pork, more porksies from the mainland. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good sentence. Phew, we did it. Uh, this last quest here, I think. No, second. This second little, to last. Little, we got... All these little couple of quests here. Yeah, the jewel of Thavnir. Vritra beckons us back to Megaduta, Megaduta. So we go off to see him. We escort Estinian through the town and stop by to see some of the sights with him. Nice little escort mechanic. Um, it's a great way to deliver context and also kind of establish a relationship with an NPC. Yeah. Cool. Um, the scions fully recovered and rested somehow, probably due to the drugs in, in the alchemist town. <laughs> y'all have some, <laughs> y'all got the good shit. They got real, they pain got that ki- herb. <laughs> they got painkillers. Um, Vritra offers a reward to us. More scales. Thank you for saving my town. Here's my skin. It looks like it really hurts. This this dragon is like just like raw skin where scales have been removed. It is painful looking. Yeah. Well, we get some nice words with him, and he's just a big old softy. He couldn't bring himself to get involved in. Uh, we t- talk about like man, like this must be weird for you, right? Given Nidhogg's whole crusade and stuff, and he's like, I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to like attack humans. Like they're they're just, they're, they're too like, cute. My humans are really cute. <laughs> You know, that would suck. And he's also like, yeah, I don't know what the final days are. That happened before the dragons arrived here on this world. So, like, we don't really know what it means to but he, either. Yeah, but he shares this information. Midgard's armor seemed to believe that Hydaelyn would keep this world safe uh, for all dragons um, in contrast to every other world. Right? So, this is, he came here for a reason. Why, when, which is a great, great question. Like, Dad, mm-hmm. Dad why, why here? He's like, this is the one that's going to keep us safe. What? <laughs> anyway, everyone else files out, and Vritra has an interesting conversation with us one-on-one before we go. Mm-hmm. He, he, he fears that we, like, you know, us, like the Warrior of Light, we have too many threads of history and fate kind of all twisted around us as an individual, which, like, it, like his point is sort of like it's a tremendous burden to bear, and also it will cause all sorts of, like, chaos to spill out and kind of hurt the people around you if they're not careful. I think that that's a true thing to point out. It's also a good way of pointing out, like, we're also kind of a tremendous point of failure. Like, if anything happens yeah. to us, everyone else is kind of screwed. Right. Um, his advice to us is to spare no effort in keeping our loved ones safe. Which, I mean, is basically yeah, good, good advice. advice. I was sparing a lot of effort before, but I'm really going to step it up now. I mean, just quite a few. I mean, Papalimo, we spared a little bit of effort keeping him alive. We spared a little bit of effort keeping him alive. Yeah, like, yeah was, we, we could have had more effort there. We get a little a good little fre- reflection of everyone who's died so far. We kind of flash back mm-hmm. to all the folks. Um, and we see everyone in their prime kind of smiling, except Archifant, who we just see sort of with blood on his lips as he collapses. <laughs> <laughs> cool <laughs> great um so that's nice um anyway the the color of joy is the next and final quest this one's the real final one 
We make a long and winding journey through the maze of the city and acquire our reward from the alchemists. A box of skin. We could take down the towers one by one. We we decide. We have a little we have a little meeting with the scions. Or our next plan of action is we could probably just go to Garlem all with these and stop the big tower, right? Yeah, that'd be similar. That's like, a smart plan. It's like it's like it's a, every every modern movie. You take out the head of the hive, and everything else falls. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're all magic towers, and if we take out the source of the magic for the magic towers, the magic towers stop magicking. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, Nidana stomps the fuck off to us with urgency. <laughs> like she is an elephant lady, and like she runs up to us, and she's just like boom, 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 boom. The sound design is really good. Small thing, actually. I want to double check on this. What? I think the elephant people have like a, 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 at least two different yes. builds for their character model, which is cool. Like, yes. like they're not all the same size. Like they're all like mm-hmm. compared to some of the other sort of like, you know, NPC races we've seen so far, which are sort of just like all variations on like, you know, the single base model. They seem to have some kind of variety to them, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, as we inform her of the success of her experiments, well, she offers us gratitude for everything we've done and saving her and everything. And we tell her that, hey, your effort was not for nothing. Look, we have all of these talismans that we're going to share for everyone. And she begins to shed tears of joy. And something in our pockets begins to glow a bright yellow. And we pull it out, and it's the flower. It's the heart bloom. Yeah, it's the flower that responds to your emotions. Yeah, we explain that to everyone. And Nadana tells us that possibly this flower is connected to something a different form of energy called they call akasha yes it's a, a different more numinous form of energy um often conflated with ether but responsible to emotions and bestowed as a gift from or stolen from the higher powers yeah it cannot be manipulated or controlled at least that not that we know of apart from with just it's in the influence we have on it by experiencing the strong emotions exactly like the and the way it's described here this is the last sort of like interesting little thematic philosophical thing going on the way she talks about it it's like it's like the feeling that you get the feeling that you get when like you know you're at your lowest moment but Mm -hmm. also you summon up the courage to do like a great deed and like you know and like feel like your companions around you and stuff and it's it's like it's this mixing. It's like, yeah, she says. I, I, I referenced Kant in here, but it's like it's like the Kantian like idea of the sublime of being exposed to something so overwhelming and powerful that like you know that it just like like that sort of like um, that effect, but through the lens of sort of shonen anime rules, where sort of you you hit you, you hit this moment of lowest like moment of. of you hit this moment of resolve and you test yourself and find yourself strong enough to actually go forward. And like, I don't know, that's a cool thing to set up. Yeah. She says, she turns to us and says, surely you've experienced moments of desperation or exaltation wherein you've transcended your limits. Um, I think that's the the quote you're referring to uh, explicitly. Um, as we begin to rest, the crew got takeout from the last stand. We we make it back to the annex, and we've got takeout. This is we got DoorDash. This is so funny. I, it's just, it's modern food. It's a Grahatia has a cheeseburger. Yeah. Like, who is like who, multiple people? Kyle has a pizza, like a New York slice. It's got like pepperoni on it. I mean, this isn't completely a medieval fantasy, right? But it's a pizza. Yeah. It's not a flatbread. Like it's got. <laughs> so what? I'm just saying that this food is this food is a little more modern than anything. I, I guess the box of sandwiches is also kind of modern, but yeah, we've had. I mean, the first had the triangle sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. We've had modern food this whole time. Anyway, but, but the, um, the, what's what's? I mean, your emotional reaction to it is such that 
they haven't had anything of this scale and detail. That's Certainly. true. Also, and they haven't had the character models interacting with it in a way that has been satisfying yeah, and fun Gra- to watch. Grahatia is holding that cheeseburger in a way that characters in this game usually do not hold on to other objects. Yeah, they usually like transfer them off screen, little <laughs> pocket grab, and then a little hand gesture from the the cut camera. The the real test, the real test of their animating abilities in this mm-hmm. expansion. I want to see. I want to see if they can animate. I need to see if um, our character and Grahatia can kiss. Oh my god, that'd be great. It would be great, wouldn't it? It'd be really nice. Oh boy. Okay. Um, anyway, we do our best to kind of work on our plate of jammy dodgers, and we kind of just casually whittle the night away. We learn also that Graha learns that spell from that spell from the forbidden section, which is cool. Um, and um, he he says so. Alice brings up the flower again in this conversation, asking about. And about how Heidelin is asking us to seek joy in darkness, which is what we did with Nidana in in, in this and in in Rods at Han. So she's like, I think we're on the right track because of this and that flower. Like that, I guess that flower is just going to glow every time we're on the right track. Graha talks about the small moments of joy that sustain us, you know, giving us the strength to carry on even in the face of the apocalypse, which is very nice of him and very sweet. Um, and while he's doing that, Alize steals a cookie from him. <laughs> because she's nasty she's a nasty girl uh after some more pleasantries pleasantries the camera pans back to the elpis flower which at this point glows green is green the color of companionship green is not a creative color that's all i know about it okay meanwhile fandaniel gives xenos an overly dramatic news report in garlemald about the fallen tower he says uh, it's down but another deal just a minor slowdown and ether siphoning um and also if they just keep taking one tower down at a time we'll be fine right we'll be done we'll have all the ether we need but if they strike directly maybe that would that would be a bit of a problem um but i mean they're not gonna be so bold right and xenos is like come on what do you think is gonna happen <laughs> and fendaniel uh, dramatically sighs and says fine i'll make preparations you're right yeah, of course they're, of course they're gonna march here and engage in the epic battle that you that you want dang it um and before he goes, he looks over his shoulder and says, talk of your nemesis is the only thing you seem to enjoy. Does nothing else spark your interest? And Zeno says, nope. And he points the question back at him. What the, what the fuck do you get out of this? Fandaniel talk of ending says, the world is the only thing you get out of joy. What the fuck? Sorry. He's just like, ah, when I was Amon and I was immortal, I had a recurring dream that haunted me, a dream of the final days. And soon everyone else will see it too. So that's foreboding. That is foreboding. And that is where the quests cut off. So the next episode, we will be talking about the second chapter of Endwalker. Um, do you know what zone we're going to? No idea. Okay, then I'm not going to say it. Okay. But we're going to do the second dungeon and the first trial in that chunk. Um, and I want to do, before we, before we do our you know episode end ad read, I want to do some housekeeping. I mentioned our Discord prior. You can join it with the links in the description and in there i put out a call to do um the dungeon level 61 dungeon um in our spoiler chat no alex allowed because obviously i don't want to say what the dungeons are but to him in advance but um there was some interest after the fact so if you want to join us join up with us to do the trials well well well, the 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 trial and the dungeon next week and within the next two weeks um you can do that maybe i can set up an event 
Yeah, or people like, can sign up. I think do a role. We'll know what day we're doing that dungeon. We can post in the morning and be like, yeah, hey, that's we're the problem. Like, I want to use Discord events, but we don't really know when we're actually going to be doing the thing. But like, we'll, we'll know day. We'll off, know. Though. We'll know. We'll know a few days in advance when we're going to be playing, and then we'll try and set up the actual this calendar event for people to sign up for whatever role they want and stuff like that. We're going to try and do a bit more of that as we approach the end, the the sort of finale of this game and stuff. So, well, uh, for for the time being. Um, and we, but we did get, you know, some help, which was really fun. And we, we, we love hanging out with buds. So, uh, let's keep, let's just keep that in mind, uh, as going forward, we really want to spend the, the, this last leg of our journey with our companions, you know, with our buds. And thank you all so much for, um, having listened up to this point. And, you know, again, uh, if you want to share this if you want to share a review like this podcast, that would mean a whole lot to us. But um, of course, we can't. You know, you know, we're not sustained on likes, shares, and and reviews and engagement alone, right? We got we're 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 in a capitalist society, and we got to make that capital. This well, this podcast is capital when you think well, about it. We do. So slight problem with that. Yeah. So th- this week was supposed to be sponsored by um, so our favorite entrepreneur Marvis Fletch. Yeah, he has a new self-help mm. book coming out. He visited Charlie and he uh, sat down with all the top Charlie scholars and he okay. produced a book of tremendous advice for improving your station and getting your small business off the ground. Everything from how to be a effective fishmonger to seven highly effective uh, ethereal sort of nodes in your wow. body that you can activate. No. However, oh. he paid me via fucking check. I took that check to the bank and that check bounced. What Not only fuck? did it bounce, but they told me it wasn't even a real check. It was like some pen that someone had drawn like a picture of a check on some paper. So um, we're not sponsored by Marvis Fletch's new Charlie self-help book this week. Fuck you, Marvis Fletch. Holy shit. All right. Well, that's the official stance of Stormbuds. Uh, fuck you, Marvis Fletch. No money this week. No money this week. No capital. Well, then I guess we're just going to have to turn to that engagement. You I'm can- eating walnuts again for dinner. Yeah. You can check. The- I mean, those are- that's an expensive nut. Good for you. You must be living large. <laughs> you can find the links to our socials in the link pop in the description of the episode. Um, and until next time, born from buds, storm of buds, we've been the storm buds, baby. And Walker! The end is in sight. <laughs>